0: Greetings,
1: this is Dr. Brother Suave, your mind-blowing, thought-provoking, and eye-opening on-air personality, life coach, psychotherapist, author, creator, and your host of social therapy and social therapy with Dr. Brother Suave. Whoo! what a day. Listen, I just thank God for letting me get through this day. <laughs> um, I'm just happy. I'm happy because yesterday I had a challenging day. Um, I had suave days, but you know what? It's such a blessing to have people in your corner, to have your back, to help you um navigate emotions, navigate um feelings, and just give you a, a better perspective. On um, yesterday I lost a family member and um it was quite challenging, you know. It's always challenging emotionally when you lose a family member. And um just just thank God for having someone in my corner. Um, and I just thank God for allowing me to see another day and another day to get it right, another day to uh make amends, apologize, and get it right. Um, so I just, I'm just, i just happy. So tonight, um, we have a very uh, sensitive and serious topic, and it's dealing with family violence. And so tonight's topic is family violence and the trauma that it has on us as a community. A lot of times we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to talk about uh, domestic violence. We don't want to talk about violence. Um, violence comes in many forms. And so tonight, we have a very special guest uh, going to be talking about it. Um, this individual is, uh, a clinical social worker, a certified family, um, violence intervention specialist. They are a certified family advocate. Um, they've been in the mental health field for almost about 20 years. They've been serving families, individuals, and seniors, and been dealing with an array of mental health issues. Also, they're a Christian counselor, uh, as well as a minister at new covenant pure holiness church international but also they are a member of the greatest fraternity in the world phi beta sigma so without further ado the wonderful and my frat
2: brother mr james harris (laughs) that's an introduction for you i need uh need to introduce you you need to introduce (laughs) me all the times i go out and speak i like that thank you so much
1: um brother james um listen thank you for honoring us uh, from coming on. I, I I would like for you to just give a basic introduction of yourself and tell them about your skills because you are a, a complete, and my my perspective is you're a complete person in, in this profession because I, I do everything from a social, spiritual, and clinical perspective. And knowing you for these years, you you have that balance. So just tell, tell people a little bit about yourself
2: um well you kind of covered it, most of it uh, like i said I, my focus as a clinical social worker is a lot of times is dealing with people who have uh dis- issues with anger the and anger is emotion and so many people uh struggle with uh managing and expressing in a positive uh, manner uh, that mo- that emotion of anger and as you also mentioned you know as a family violence intervention specialist. My focus is strengthening families. I Mm -hmm. work uh, with men and women and children to look at dynamics uh, that are going on inside of the house. And we work on connecting uh, the family to communicate better. And then also to address a lot of those issues going on. So conflict is, is not gonna be eliminated um, cause if you live in a family and a house, you understand conflict will never be eliminated, but it can be minimized.
3: Mm-hmm. And then
2: to a point where we're not hurting one another with our words and our actions. So that's a lot of the work that I do, um, around, like I said, anger management and family violence, and also like the family counseling, you know, like I said, just working with those dynamics, um, with mother, father, child, or children to address a lot of those issues that, you know, sometimes you don't know that you have, you just know that you're upset or you're frustrated. You don't, you can't spell out what that problem really is. Uh, so many times, you know, working with families um, and just talking to them, oh, my child has this problem. They're getting, you know, they're angry all the time. They're fighting, they're arguing, they're talking back, they're not listening. And then when you get in and you find the the real issue is what it's a breakdown in the makeup of how that family unit works, um, it's a mm-hmm. misunderstanding. So th- that's the kind of work that I do. Just as an explanation, um, it is all of it, it, it encompasses mental health. I think that's the that's the uh, that ingredient. It's that mental health piece. Uh, also, you mentioned as a Christian counselor, mm-hmm. uh, like that is my base. You know, uh, talk about spirituality um, and a connectedness. I've I've always been uh, connected to my God since I was since I can remember. Um, That's just how I live. That's that's what gives me peace. Everyone has something different for themselves. I -hmm. tell people my faith, how I worship and pray. That's what helps me get through. You know, you have to find that thing for you. So mm-hmm. all of that you mentioned balance. Um yeah. I, I can't do anything without my faith in God. That that okay. that is all the balance I need. Everything else is just extra added bonus. Okay. <laughs> so,
1: um James, you was mentioning about family dynamics and and this just triggered me to ask this question. Um do you believe anger could be a, like a learned behavior?
2: Anger is an emotion. Um Okay habits that children pick up through learning um, mm-hmm. a lot of times it's because they don't know how to express that emotion or they don't know the proper way um, to, to talk about uh, what's going on. So what we see are negative habits forming yes. and developed because I don't want to deal with this feeling like, you know, yes. like you angry, it takes over your whole body. And, and so it's just this it's, it's, it's an emotion that that you can't explain, and so what happens a lot of times people get to a point of avoidance, and okay. so because you're in a, in a space where you want to avoid certain things, because you recognize that this thing triggers certain emotions. And there's three things that when we talk about these emotions that always come up. Um, the, the the three emotions that that anger leads to. Or three events rather that anger leads to is the fight, uh, fright, and freeze, and and so sometimes people uh, don't realize like when your emotions overtake you, you know, you, there's certain things that you can't control, mm-hmm. and that's one of the things that people don't understand. Um, your feelings and emotions you cannot control. It's your actions your actions are, are, are what, you know, you, you, you can get a handle of. And so what happens, people, they, they get so overwhelmed with these emotions, the emotions of anger that they can no longer control, um, what their emotions are telling them. And they, they, and they stop listening.
0: Mm -hmm. And so
2: we, we see a lot of the, the acting out Um, last couple of weeks, you know, we, we got the biggest display of anger internationally when, you know, Will Smith uh, slapped <laughs> Chris Rock. I, I chuckle, but I, I, I've been saying Brady, like, Brandy, that's normal. Like that happens all of the time. What happens mm-hmm. is it just happened on this big of a stage. So people see it. But, you know, as I, as I listen, um, you know, people, you know, all throughout the country, they had dialogue. And people talked about it most people recognize that, that that was a normal reaction. And most people recognize that, you know, with the core or issues that's going on in a relationship can cause people to do that. That's how common that was. Like it, it that's why, you know, um, people don't realize that's why like a lot of the discussion around it was split. You had some people, you know, that that didn't see any problem, with Will, uh, Will Smith did. And then you have some people that's just oh, which is the worst thing in the world. But those who deal with mental health, they understand that that's just a part of uh, uh, you know that's like a that's like a cough for a sneeze. Things like that happens because it's a struggle, you know. And and then relationship health. I, I, I mentioned uh, mental health, but relationship health. How healthy is a relationship? Any person with eyes. That saw, you know, that was going on and understand relationships, saw, like, oh, okay, we get it now. We 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 see why that happened. And and as like I said, there's a lot of people who actually uh who are working on themselves and they saw that and they recognized, oh, oh yeah, I, I I've been there before. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, it's just like I said, it just, you know, it played out on the international stage. So, but I, I honestly hope that it, it, it sparks uh, a, a stronger conversation. I know I'm continuing to talk about it, about men's mental health, um, family dynamics, how they work. And then also the aggressive behavior that many of us uh, go to when we don't understand in a moment, uh, our emotions in a moment, or when we lose control of uh a second uh, you know our our feelings or you know like we need to not just talk about it but learn that there are different uh avenues to take other than becoming more aggressive or becoming aggressive okay so how
1: does uh, emotional intelligence tie into people being able to identify with those muscles on um, those <coughs> behaviors and outcomes
2: well yeah i, I mean emotional intelligence it's, it's when you become a, when you're on the level of becoming an expert of yourself. You 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 know you you understanding your feelings. You you know your thoughts and you have a better handle on it. And so many people I don't many people do struggle um with understanding their emotions. Yeah. Because a lot of times we just uh especially men we we just live life. You know, mm-hmm. we working we may deal with our family and children no we don't have time to sit and think about how I'm feeling you know mm-hmm. um what has me upset right now we just know we're upset you know we're, we're, you know and a lot of times to to sit and take time yes. to get full understanding of your emotions and the things that you're dealing with um it does take work and it takes patience
1: and yes it, absolutely
2: and, you know, a lot of guys and and, and women, for that le- for that matter, you know, they don't want to take time for that. Like self care,
3: for mm-hmm. many
2: people, is not a priority. And yes. Changes, like you said, you know, um, many people will continue to struggle uh, with their emotions and feelings. Yes. Um. So, because it's a question I have to ask you, but right
1: now we want to go into uh, station identifications, and All we'll right. be right back.
3: I my counselor, and I'm on NPN TV. What's up everyone? I'm Brandy the Disconnector, wife, show host, entrepreneur, investor, and ICS certified life coach here to tell you that I'm on NPN TV, the network that is by us and for us. Lock in and let's get it.
1: Swab afternoon, Swab Afternoon. This is Brother Swab, your mind-blowing thought provoking and eye-opening on air personality, life coach, psychotherapist, author, and creator.
2: Hope you guys having a swab of day. Yeah, and with that, let's commence the pay. Okay. I'm so swabulous, you so swabulous. To God we can fix the trauma that's the fall in us. Divine social interactions remains marvelous. Mind-blowing swab, malicious talk, higher consciousness, but thank at
3: your trouble,
1: Dr. Brother Suave, Divine light get you done. I am on MPN TV and I'm your host, Dr. Brother Suave. Uh, our very special guest today, Mr. Um, James Harris. We're talking about um, family violence. And before we left, he made a point. And I just wanted to address it. When he was talking about self care, a lot of times we don't take time to learn ourselves, learn our emotions, and to identify with things. And But I do realize we take the time when we are in crisis, when we are forced to do things that um, make us have to address our emotions, our, our family, our, our feelings, and sometimes our legal matters. So the question I have for you Do you believe anger impacts? First, the individual, second, the family, and third, the community. How do you believe anger impacts that? Those three areas.
2: Um, yeah, okay. Well, like I said, anger uh, affects everybody. Okay? Mm-hmm. As individuals, we all are affected by anger. Yeah. you can choose, and I say choose because anger on many levels is a choice. Well, not the anger, but your actions around anger. The actions, yes. And, and so uh, you can choose to uh, make better choices or you can choose to give in uh to your anger which leads to a lot of problems and issues i one of the questions i ask at the beginning of all of my anger management class <clears throat> is how is anger a good thing uh, we know how it can be a bad thing right because most people mm-hmm. that take class they know it's bad because they gotten arrested and <laughs> have to take a class Yes. But I then I ask how can anger be a good thing? And this is how it really can be impactful for people. Anger yes. can let you know uh, when things are wrong. Anger is an alarm system. So so here's the thing if you when you're angry, stop mm-hmm. paying attention. Why am I angry? The alarms are going off. Okay. Yes. If you're angry, the alarms are going off. So that's something mm-hmm. that, that, that you have to kind of pay attention to. And the family dynamic, um, and, and and just working with families uh, and that have siblings or children that have um, anger issues that can disrupt the entire household with one, with one person um, struggling to control their emotions. You know, marriages break up. You know, I, I had a, a family that I was working with uh, for a while, for about a year. And like I said, the, the, you know, marriage broke up. Families was torn apart because the parents did not understand the emotions and the behaviors of their children. So all they could do is fight. So it, it impacts that. And then if you look at the community, how mm-hmm. does your impact the community, the cost, you know, uh, you know, destruction isn't free. You know, um, when <laughs> when child tears up a school, yes. A grown man gets arrested or, you know, a woman gets into an argument. Um, that someone has to pay something and it affects the community because a lot of times most people who go through the legal system mm-hmm. um, economically um, you know, they're struggling, they have challenges. Yes. And so what happens a lot of times if, you know, let's just say someone who gets consistently or getting into arguments and even on some levels fights in the community, mm-hmm. they get, you know, that, that costs money. You know, you got police officers, judges, jails, all that costs money. Um, and all that impacts the community because now it's a safety concern. You know, when we talk about family violence, you, you're looking at safety concerns. Mm-hmm. You know, is this person safe to be around or is this person safe to have in my community? And it's not that they're going to, you're worried about them doing something catastrophic, but it is a situation where uh, you know, they can cause some type of destruction or interruption more so because mm-hmm. it's so much as that that you're worrying about people who are angry, uh, going to just have to, you know, have some kind of deadly force or they're going to blow up the world or anything. But the concern is, as far as the community, is the eruption, even the family. Mm-hmm. I you know a lot of the, the calls I get from parents is mm-hmm. the issue. It- that I have to leave work or yes. my job is disturbed because my child has this behavior problem. Um, or adult parents. I had an adult and I, and I got to the email them back. I had an, uh, an, a, a mom and I and I and I was just saying this the other day. About every month I get about two calls from adults, from parents talking about their adult children. You know, the, uh, the that, that 27-year-old that, that won't get off the couch and find a job I get I get called, I get at least that but I'm clockwork <laughs> <laughs> every every month but it um, happens you know and those parents don't know what to do but the thing is the uh that child that young person um has been through so much disappointment that they literally have given up and they don't know which way to go and so when you try to get them off the couch, they're fighting you. Yes. And that's where a lot of that 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 comes from. So it's yes. very impactful, you know, for the individual, the family, and the community. And you know, those yes. are just ways in which it impacts. Yes. You.
1: And it's funny how the way you responded, um <coughs> it just had, it, it was some questions that I was thinking. So here, like when you were saying destruction isn't free, and then I think about when you talk about safety issues, you know, destruction is not free. So now you having people who fearing that you may go off or are they, they're afraid, but then think about it, not free. You're talking about an arrest, you're talking about bonding, court fees, a restitution. Because you remember when they're just tearing up things, it's restitution to those restaurants, it's restitution to a person's car getting smashed because they was going to an angry uh, um, rage. And, and again, the, the arrest, the felony, and not just that, things you do, anger management courts. And can you imagine when you have all these things, uh, bonds, uh, probation, restitution, and you got to go to anger management classes every single week and pay for it. And so again, these are um, some of the things that um, anger can really uh, be very costly. So yes. my, my, my next question is because you was mentioning about um, these adult males or adults. So how does anger manifest into adult into our adult life?
2: Well, I mean, unchecked anger uh, stays with you. Like unchecked emotions, I mean, it just stays with you. Yeah. And so what happens a lot of times, many people who uh, deal with, you know, that post-traumatic uh, stress syndrome, the PTSD, and it's not just for the uh, the soldiers, right? Um, you know, it, it, it's for children that, that go through trauma. I, w- I was talking to a parent about this today, uh, <laughs> it, about her son, right? He's in fifth grade. James. Yes.
1: As you answered, it was one individual, I think they had a, a statement for you. It says, "Um, it's a Dwayne Brown. It says, men are afraid of what others would think about them showing a sign of weakness. Hmm.
2: Yes, that's true. Um, you know, that whole sign of weakness. I'm, I think that's an individual thing. I honestly mm-hmm. do. Um, collectively, most men don't care. I I mean, because I've taught on that, I've discussed it. Most men don't really care. Like men, like as you get older, you're like yes, like teenagers, preteens, kids, they care, but most men don't really care. Um, so I I think that's that, that that's that uh that that piece to that but um going back to like i was saying you know many people who deal with the stuff in childhood they hold on to it Mm -hmm. and it got a lot of that addressed um yes point i was gonna make was uh mother uh she was just telling me a fifth grader about how (laughs) a haircut right um she you know she made him get a haircut or you know how kids when you're growing up yeah haircut but his friends didn't get a haircut. So he had to go to school with a new haircut That mm-hmm. was for him. You know, yes. like how many of us, and I don't know if you remember, but I, I remember back in the day, especially cause when I was a kid, my mom used to always cut my hair bald. I was just always come to school with a bald head. Oh, my light went off. But, um, with the, but with that bald head and going to school with a bald head, what, what would happen a lot of times people slap you in the back of the head that, that could be traumatic. Oh. Yeah. That could be traumatic. Just like this light blowing, <laughs> it, it could be traumatic for children. And so a lot of times that um, those, those children that that go through those experiences, they hold on to them. That that Ooh. smack in the back of the head lasts a whole lot longer than that day. I mean, it, you you carry it with you. And so now, I don't want to get no ball hit. Not not me. I'm just saying traumatic trauma. Yes, yes, yes. I don't want to get. They a take ball them right hit. back to that place as a yeah, child. Yeah i don't cut my head bald you know so i I grow my hair out (laughs) and 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 so that that's what some people uh they 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 go through um and and they hold on to it and that's where a lot of that anger because now if if you cut my hair or you cut my child's hair we got a problem yes
1: and you're actually defining you know the, some of the effects of trauma because anytime you have a traumatic experience you go right back to that space yeah. and so when you say unchecked anger unchecked trauma you know you just go right back to that place and you have a difficult time um dealing with it as you become
2: an adult yeah well and so, that's why lot of adults they, they continue to struggle with and and listen yes. a lot of times it's it, it may not because you don't pay attention to it most of us don't pay attention to it because it's something small like i said a haircut right mm-hmm. and we don't pay attention to that. We don't. We don't. We don't. We don't let that ruin our lives. That I don't really care for a haircut. And then you have guys now and women that walk around and don't get haircuts simply not you know not solely because they're getting their head smacked, but because of some type of uh, uh, a childhood adverse experience. Yes. Where, like you know what, I, I'm not cutting my hair. You know I, that I don't do that. I, I, you know, I yes, I, yes. I dread it. I lock it. You know all that. You know, and so you know, and but we, like I said, we do not think about that. We, we that doesn't cross our mind. Like most times, you'll sit back and say, um, like a LeBron James. At some point, you say, "Man, why don't you just cut that thing off? Like you're just holding on to it. You got got the headband going extra for his back. You're like, but just cut it off. Like, but. You don't understand. You don't understand what he experienced. There you go. And that trauma. So the fact that they holding on to that little bit of hair on the top of their head yes. for them, that's saying, Hey, listen, I'm not letting it go because I'm, I never resolved the trauma. Now I yes. have no idea LeBron James had trauma around his hair or not, but I'm just giving that as an example. No, it's a perfect example. And the thing is for years, um,
1: people how mental health psychology was practiced years ago and we always presented presenting problems and we address those issues but now that we were more educated now on trauma we realized a lot of presenting problem was actually just a little part it was the trauma that they experienced and so and when you were saying about these uh adverse experiences this early childhood trauma and it was like we was looking at this and we thought this was something recent but it actually was a result of early childhood trauma. And this leads to my next question. Do you believe there's a correlation between early childhood trauma and anger? Even though you pretty much addressed it, but again, you know, the bald head. I mean, a lot of people won't cut their hair because that bald head makes them go right back to when they was a kid and they used to get slapped upside the head. And he's called bally scally. So they don't want anybody even, you know, think they don't wanna have anything to take them to those memories. So they avoid it. So guess what? A full head of hair will never have them to remember because they don't see it, and nobody ever will address it. So it will, will not be any triggers.
2: Yeah, and you know it's so amazing. Like people weren't wearing the bald head, and then Michael Jordan made it cool, and then then everybody all. Yes, of them, you I know,
1: remember like, that? Who would cut maybe- a, a full head? Twenty five years old, like the rappers. <laughs> uh, remember Tupac had hair. Just cut your hair.
2: It's Who would do that? Especially yeah. men. Yeah. Yeah, and you have people like you said like Tupac who actually had hair, but yeah, you know, it was just cool at that time, so he just bald head. Yes. And, um, like I said, so some people because they saw Michael, that's why he you know he made so much money because they saw him do it. Oh, you know what, this is okay, it's safe now. Yes, I want to be like Mike. That's what happens, yeah. Be like Mike. So that 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 helps some people move past that, and that's why I say we don't um, pay attention to a lot of times, those small traumatic experiences, because we don't think they're uh, that serious or important, but they are because they can lead to something if you hold on to them. Absolutely.
1: And the thing is, again, it's a difference between an untrained eye and a trained eye. So little things that the, the layman may not even see. It's just like you were talking about the ball head. They made it safe because then the people who were having these early childhood experiences who actually was going bald was able to jump right on the bandwagon and shave their hair. And even though they was thinning and they was able to get in and blend in and didn't have to worry about any uh, triggers of, of their trauma. They just fill in and blend it in. So now they have a, a new experience, you know,
2: and experience. and like I said, you know, like having Michael Jordan do it, I'm like Mike now, you know. I'm not yes. even, because you don't think about the slap of the ball here now when you when you're out. Yeah, like, no, that's so, why like Mike. You thinking like, man, I'm good.
1: Yes, because <laughs> I remember a lot of a lot of those pro basketball play, players was doing that. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, but let me tell you, um, things never, never, never. It, it, I, uh, I was as you see, I was never a
2: follower, so. Man. I always did my own thing, but I did, I, I just I, couldn't do it. I was a Shaq fan, so I I went bald when I was kids. So I was always
1: yeah. Oh, really?
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, but remember he used to wear that fade.
2: Yeah. You know? you, I wore the fade too, but like I said, when that earlier that earlier. Yes. You know, you know, ball hit, yes. So.
1: Man. <laughs> so um listen, um, we're gonna go right again and we're gonna come back and continue our dialogue, but um, we're gonna go into a station event I- identification for right now. Okay? We
0: by Neighborhood Planet Broadcasting Systems, Neighborhood Planet Network, iBlistered Digital Media Creative, and from contributions to NPN TV from viewers like you. Thank you.
3: What's up everyone? I'm Brandy the Disconnector, wife, show host, entrepreneur, investor, and ICS certified life coach here to tell you that I'm on NPNTV, TV, the network that is by us and for us. Lock in and let's get it.
1: Special guest, um, Mr. James Harris. Um, you know, as when we went on this uh, station identification, I just thought of something it's off topic, but it's on topic. Right. They're a um, professional sports franchise, and this is just something I wanted to ask you. When you look at anger, when you look at the NFL and the NBA, it seems like there are like fines and consequences and forced anger management. But then, when you look at the National Hockey League, it seems to be reinforced. Now, both in both both people from both leagues and all leagues come out of our community collectively. But when you look at the, these are their jobs, and and a person can have anger no matter if it's NBA, NFL, or National uh, NHL. But when I'm looking at one particular league. I don't think these people will be able to really address their issues because the violence is reinforced. They actually let them fight it out. Where there is a major consequence in the NFL or NBA when they fight. You know, even in in baseball, it seems like you would never see anybody come (laughs) off the sidelines, but it seems to be okay. And you don't hear about these huge fines. They have to they throw bats at them, they come out the dugouts, and you see that way more often than the NBA. and the NFL, but the NFL and NBA has seems to have more consequences in comparison to the major leagues and uh, the National Hockey League. Um, and I don't think these issues of uh, anger will actually ever be addressed.
2: Yeah, uh, with the with the hockey thing, like I said, um, a lot of people have been making that argument for years. Yes, uh, hitting is in, in in international hockey is banned. So, you know, uh, outside of the NHL there's no fighting. Um but you know, I think part of that has to do with, you know, I'm 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 moving, I'm trying to get, you know, people to pay attention to me, you know, cuz cuz if, if 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 you're fourth, if you're fourth in the three-man race, <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> so, you know, uh, NHL they have to, you know, step out and do something extra and you know, for the attention. Because most times people who it's kind of like NASCAR, I think they go for the crashes, you know, and NHL, some people go to see the fights. So that's just something that it evolved into. But internationally, um, I know there's no fighting in hockey. That's just something uh, the NHL, um, you know, developed, I think, you know, through habit, you know, because earlier on, you know, it like I said, you know, how, how they say boys would be boys and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it was no big deal. And then, you know, a lot of those sports, you know, when it was starting, as you talk about baseball, um, that's been around, uh, you know, for longer than any other, uh, major, uh, American sport. Um, so it, you know, part of that, that whole conflict thing, like in baseball, with the fighting and the arguing and the back and the forth, that was just, uh, little nuances that people enjoy like side things that people enjoyed that i mean it slowly has come out the game like like one of like we, you talk about anger in baseball one of the biggest things in baseball was when a bad call happened the manager run out yes i remember to, that with the ref and stuff i mean the umpire all in their face and, I, and actually Atlanta Braves uh legend coach uh Bobby Cox is like the all-time uh uh <laughs> most thrown out manager in major <laughs> and and so uh but like you say i mean when things like that is ingrained in this sport yeah uh, all right but they actually i mean that that's actually going away because they, they they're doing instant replay now so if a manager has a problem hey instant replay <laughs> so um you know but like i said i think part of it um and i, and I was talking about this earlier, about boys getting out their aggression. Like we've gotten to the point now in this country where we're telling boys that ultimately, ultimately they can't be boys anymore. You know, know, um, and it's not coming out saying you can't be boys, but it, you know, just through policy and culture and things of that nature, the aggressive, the natural aggressive behavior um, of boys. Is, is is being demonized now. Um Yes,
1: yes, and they have an a, a term they are saying toxic masculinity
2: so, somewhat. Yeah, but a it, toxic masculinity, but I always fight back with that would say. Yes, so, I understand what happened to hero masculinity. Because here's the thing, if you were stuck in a in a um I already know. A 30 uh 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 floor building. If you were stuck mm-hmm. in a floor building, now, you would be glad for any fireman to come up and help you out. But that 6'2 two man, 200 pound came up there to help you out. You'd be a lot more grateful than that 5'8, 5'7, uh, 150 pound woman. So I think we we, we ignore the hero masculinity piece um, in all of that, in that aggressiveness. Because think about yes. it, it's aggressive and assertive to run up... Uh, thirty flights of stairs.
1: Yes, Safety. it takes a level of, you
2: know, it takes a level of courage. You know, it, it does. Yeah. And so that's why I say if people say here, uh, toxic masculinity, and I say no, 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 hero masculinity. Yes, yeah, because, because we have to change. Men have to change the narrative to a lot Yes, of that. and that's when we have to start controlling
1: our own narrative because if we don't advocate for ourselves, they will water us down to nothing. So we have to sometimes defend it. One of the things was funny to me. It was a thing where Kevin Hart, it was a joke. So the, the joke was um, the girl was getting into an argument with the guy. And then, and so first thing remember toxic masculinity. So she immediately goes to him to say, Hey, defend my honor and protect me. And he was like, Oh no, 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 no. Um, oh, listen, listen, If he he did that to you, what do you think he's going to do with me? Somebody got to call the police, you know? So see what I'm saying? So at one point, you say it's toxic. But another point, you come into us to help you, you know? So again, I'm glad that you, that's a very great comeback when it comes to hero masculinity. I appreciate that. Um, And so the things um, you were mentioning about, um, now I, I have a better understanding But the thing is, one thing about what I don't like is the fact that these different uh, sports franchise um, outside of the, if you don't address those issues with anger and you always look at it from uh, economic perspective, when you having people, again, you said when untapped anger, untapped emotional issues or anything, unaddressed issues get progressively worse. So after they're finished their professional uh, career, this can actually uh, impact our, our, one of my first questions. How does it impact the, the individual, the family, and the community? As you can see, some professional athletes sometimes become very aggressive towards their loved ones after their career is over.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's frustrating. I think part of that has to do, and and there's a, a brother on, online that he, he gave a great answer. He was talking to some women about this, but it's about the lifestyle in which you create. Um, what happens a lot of times with professional athletes, um, for, for lack of a better, uh, reference, they get all of their money up front early in life. Yes. And so not all, but they get a good bump sum early up front. And so what happens with that is when, if you get, let's just throw out a number, let's say $5 million at 20, 21 years old. Um, you can start creating a, a lifestyle for yourself that unless you continue um, to, to grow in what you're doing, it's going to be hard to maintain. And that's what happens with a lot of professional athletes. Um, you come in to the league and you may play, you know, the average, I guess, career in the NFL is three years. But let's just say if you're successful and you manage to play, let's say, six years and you end up amassing you know, let's say $20 million in that six years. Mm -hmm. Okay. You can create a lifestyle in Mm -hmm. six years that you can spend the rest of your life struggling to try to maintain, you know, And, and that's what happens a lot of times. That's why a lot of these athletes go broke because in that short period of time, they put together houses and cars and, you know, just people and entourages and stuff like that, that, after two and three, there's no way they can maintain paying all of that, that payroll. And that's where a lot of people, uh, struggle and, and not even just professional athletes, you know, it, it's, it's regular people. You know, it, uh, if, if you, if, if a young person coming out of college gets that $80,000 job, most times they do not do the right things with their finances starting out. You know, mm-hmm. very, very few, um, young people uh, live below their means and start saving for the future. Uh, okay. so I think that's part of it, that mentality. Because when you go broke, that emotion comes over you. When, when, Like if you ever had uh, somebody who was depending on you ask you for something and you couldn't provide it, like that's – I mean, I don't know how to explain it, but that's just – Yes, uh,
1: it becomes, again, for a provider – it can have displaced aggression. You can act out, you can get frustrated because you don't have the ability to provide and it may manifest in some type of violence. It may uh, manifest in some type of yelling, screaming and acting out. So (coughs) I I definitely understand, you know, um, actually I'm having a future show called Life After Football. And so we're going to be talking about those issues and some of the struggles of professional athletes um, when they're no longer able to be on the gridiron. So um, James... Uh, thank you for that. So um, what's your opinion about, like, again, we were talking about people getting older and no longer being able to provide or or, or, or after their career is over. It could be any career. It doesn't have to be necessarily sports. So what's your opinion about seniors, especially those over 65, still exhibiting
2: behaviors of severe anger? I was just reading an article today. Um, oh,
1: share, Sure. I got to hear this.
2: Uh, yeah, uh, it, it was just saying. A lot of times, when you see a lot of that hypersensitive and a lot of those aggressive behaviors, at a certain point, it's early onset of dementia. Um, can, I think, can you
1: repeat that just in case someone? And, I'll, I'll, and,
2: and tell them where what, what you read the article if you could. Yeah, I. I, I read so many different articles, especially yes. on. Facebook. It's okay. So if I find it. I, I definitely will send you the link. Uh, but. it it was just talking about how people who have a lot of those uh, hypersensitive um, emotions and and they're easily triggered to get aggressive and things of that nature like that. And not even just the aggressive, because, you know, hypersensitivity does not always lead to aggressive behavior. It can Mm -hmm. lead to being withdrawn and anger is not just a a physical aggressive thing. Some people break down and cry when they get angry. Some people, Mm -hmm. like I said, they withdraw. When they're angry you know and shut down so it look anger looks different for everybody but mm-hmm. if like i said you get to a certain point in your life um you, literally if you're continuously um showing signs of hypersensitivity where you're frustrated and and, and just overreacting some mm-hmm. of that uh uh on early onset side uh dementia. On dimension so I think that's something that we need to educate ourselves on, uh, not just like mental health, but physical health, because all uh, anger issues, behavioral issues are not meant. Some of it is physical. Sometimes there's something else going on in your body. And it's a medical condition that may be a- triggering those emotions. So one of the things that, especially in the assessment period, evaluation period, of counseling, you know. I know I do it. I, I tell people, well I, well, I ask, when was the last time you seen your primary care physician? You know, yes. when I check up, you know, blood work, and they say, "Oh, it's been a while," and stuff like that. And I say, "That you need to go there too. like yes. get, get a physical, make sure because we have to rule that out because sometimes, yeah, you, yes. it's a medical condition.
1: Absolutely, and that, I, I, I do." I, I practice the same way. You want to rule those things out. And again, this is why sometimes uh, from time to time, I think that people can go to mental health um, to find out because a lot of times people say, it's all it's such a stigma and they don't understand there's just so many different things dealing. It's just education and, and it's important. You know, people don't even think anger is a mental health issue. They just think, you know, and a good, I'm glad that you're sharing that. Um, again, the early signs of dementia, hypersensitivity, because I know some people and I'm like, you're at this age and still acting out, you know, still aggressive, still yelling, still basically they put your hand, they put their hands on you, you know, because again, I always say to anybody who knows me, any unaddressed issues progressively gets worse. It could be mental or physical, right. psychological, psychiatric anything progressively gets worse. I, I remember a particular friend of mine, and you know being in this profession, they always say, don't be diagnosing me. And when we see things that just so obvious and we're just trying to uh, address it because we already know if it goes unaddressed it's going to show up and show out later. And I remember a particular individual was just like, stop don't, listen, I'm not watching, you hear this all the time, I'm not one of your clients, I'm not one of your patients, don't start diagnosing me. And they don't realize it is like the red flag, and nevertheless, um, make makes long story short, the individual um, was in their profession and in the middle of a transaction, their they mental health issues, right there in real time showed up and showed out in front of everybody, and it jeopardized not only their reputation, it, 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 it ruined their reputation, but it je- jeopardized their credentials, and the organization put them on suspension in addition to forced them to have six months of mental health treatment. So now not only did they get six months, they got an additional six months because they had to address their mental health issues because the diagnosis that they received showed that they really had some psychiatric issues. But again, it was something that progressively got worse. And I tell people when you having all these constantly um, um, issues with anger, um, issues um, and and, and um, your family dynamics, or issues um and, and and within yourself and that's why i asked the question the individual the family and the community it progressively gets worse and mm-hmm. so i'm just happy that you um address that because a lot of people don't even understand this so um i would like for you to answer this question do you think um passive aggression is a form of anger
2: yes i mean once again anger is an emotion right Yes, so so that little
1: passive aggression, yeah.
2: yeah. So if you if you showing some passive aggressive, yeah, I mean that can be definitely a sign of showing like just um, I'm frustrated. I don't like this situation Mm because remember, anger is an alarm. Um, Yes, a lot of times people become passive aggressive because they're ignoring the alarm and they're just going forward, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So instead (laughs) of you addressing how you're feeling. And the incidents and what's going on, you know, y- y- you're moving to another level of, like you said, either affecting your family because we talked mm-hmm. about, it, or your community, you know, and, and on some levels yourself, because I, yeah. I don't want to ignore that part. I think um, some people get to a point where they do more self harm um, when going through you know, a lot of those uh, issues. But yeah, passive aggressive behavior a lot of times it's definitely a, um, a signal sign of anger.
1: Okay. You have a person named valiously. Oh, you reading it.
2: Yeah, I see. It says between the trigger and the response, there is a space where anyone has the control to make a different choice. Yeah. Um, and so what I teach during that point and I, I educate people. So one of the things I, I consistently talk about is you having, creating outlets for yourself and and then practicing because at the end of the day like you said when you're getting triggered you know that the alarm you know you feel it and then and -hmm. and on levels um the space you know you you start becoming you know you're you're knowledgeable about the area and what's going on so you're not being triggered so people who who learn that all right these things right here will, will set me off um but then you if you've been practicing um, some of the, the techniques of uh, for your outlets and stuff like that, you can immediately go to either deep breathing or positive, uh, 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 you know, uh, focalization and just uh, getting your mind together or, or sometimes, you know what? And this is what I talk about. I need to take a break if I if I if I have the ability to just say, hey, listen, I'm we'll going to the bathroom, go get some water or I'm going to go outside, take a walk, you know, get some fresh air. You know, yeah. something to get your mind back centered. And yes, and I think that's where it, yes, that, that, that space between that trigger and the response. But you have to, here's the thing, you have to practice, work it. You, you just can't say, well, I have this outlet and I know what to do. You have to, if you're not practicing um, those outlets, if you're not practicing those new skills, if you're not practicing yes. those things that's gonna help you get there, when you get triggered, you're gonna go right to the response. Yes, because- absolutely. No. That's what you yes. are programmed program to do. But yeah. you have to literally um and I, I use this term term earlier, you have to have to uh get to a point where you're pruning and conditioning yourself to so when you get angry, you have a different response altogether, like you because you practice it, you know. Um if you have certain techniques that you use to calm yourself. How often are you doing those? And you should yeah. do it every day. You know, I, one of the things I teach in my anger management piece is the self-check-in. You know? Yes. When's the last time you checked in with yourself? You know? Yeah. And the self-check-in is simple. It's, you look at yourself in the mirror. How am I doing today? And you be honest with yourself. Yes. How am I doing today? Can you be honest with yourself? Can you look at yourself and say, you know what? It's, it's a rough one, but I'm going to make it. Or, you know what? I just... I need to avoid certain things today because if I do, I know I'm just going to go off. You have to be honest with yourself, and yeah. so once you're honest with yourself, and once you understand that you have to avoid certain situations, yes, that 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 window, that small little window between the, that trigger and the response, <laughs> you know, you can uh, condition yourself to respond to, but it takes work. And, it takes work. It takes, and, work. and, and a lot of people don't want to do the work
1: though. But you know, yeah. That's That's why they have me. (laughs) Yeah, and and that's the thing, you know, like you said earlier, people don't want to do the work, but then they want to do it when they have crisis. And one of the things about anger management, you got to understand the do's and the don'ts. And one of the things I think about some do's and don'ts is like when you find yourself getting upset, one of the things you need to do is check yourself. Like you said, check yourself. You need to sometimes step back, check your breathing. Sometimes you need to check when you remember when your cadence of your voice gets faster. That means it's something internally is making you um, get mad. And that pace, you're talking fast and your voice level. You understand? And those are things. And one of the things you don't do is try to respond so quickly because that's going to lead into confrontation and fighting. And also, you don't want to be shouting and, again, raising your voice. And you don't want to be talking so fast, you know, because, again, that's why I tell people I could tell you. get me. Oh, no, no. I said, see right there. You're talking fast he's talking loud and you're speeding. And I already know you're getting upset and you're responding, you're reacting and people don't understand those little do's and don'ts. And so um, I, 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 I thank you, um, James. I appreciate you. Um, speak, so I have a, a last question for you. If someone needed anger management, um, how can they get in contact with you? Um, um, your your organization your foundation what city and state you're located in so that people can get um information or it's just I know a lot of times some things are court order but when it comes to individual services do you are you able to provide those things just share with people
2: uh-huh. yeah oh, you do have
1: a, a, a one last
2: statement on here um yeah so I know right I guess it's telling me time to go like go uh yeah so still outstanding um dot com, still outstanding. Dot-com that is my website. You can go there uh, for any additional information about me as far as anger management listen Saturday Every Saturday at 10 a.m. Every Saturday at 10 a.m. You can join me for a free anger management class on Instagram at still outstanding um, LLC at still outstanding LLC on Instagram so You can join me for a free anger management class. I do that every Saturday live on Instagram, all you got to do is just log in and ask questions. Oh, um, man. So, so I do that, actually, about 30 minutes um, on Saturday, every Saturday morning. I've been doing that last three Saturdays. Um, hopefully, you know, hopefully somebody other than my mom and my cousin shows up. <laughs> but as it grows, <laughs> it, it, it'll, it'll, it'll do uh, just fine. But I'm just, I'm just saying, like, you know, putting it out there. You have, to, you have to want change for yourself. You know, yeah. you, have, you have to want change for yourself. Um, I, I'm, I'm moving out of the, uh, not moving out of, but I'm getting beyond the court mandated space. Like, cause yes. first kind of met, that's where, you know, he was doing a lot of that. But now you, you do have a lot of people. That's why I positioned my anger management, my, my family violence program and my practice. Yes, I do take that in, but there are many people out here Outside of that realm, that that have issues or problems in the home, whether it's with a family member yourself, you know, you want to work on some things. Listen, stilloutstanding.com, um, stilloutstanding.com. Uh, that is my practice. That is my website. And like I said, I, I'm doing a free, like I said, Saturday anger management class every. O'clock. Day at 10 a.m., I get it going. It's on Instagram at still outstanding llc but like I say if if that's something you're working on individually you need help with for personal growth um if you have a court order you know like I say if you have issues going on in your family um if you're just tired of getting frustrated and angry and and, and want to just you know move past a lot of that i help a lot of people and internet I, I literally i am international i get people from other countries other states yes um, Comes into my program so I <laughs> I do stay in the, the state of Georgia I'm in the Metro Atlanta area um, I'm all over Metro Atlanta so yeah. it, it's one particular area like you know I, I got I have clients in Gwinnett Cobb um, the city of Atlanta mm-hmm. Clayton County Cab. so I'm all over um, the actual Henry County um, I, I, am I'm, I'm all over Metro Atlanta, but like I said, uh, my website, you go to my website for more information, still outstanding, um, .com. And then like I said, you call me, listen, I answer my phone. Okay. Now now, now I, I I got to preference that I do answer my phone when I'm free. The best way I tell people, the best way to reach me is either, uh, really email. Um, I answer all of my emails. That's okay. real. how to get me. So email which my email one one real quick. It is on my website, but real quick for those, uh, it's uh, J P Harris, L C S W at Gmail. J P Harris, L C S W at Gmail. That is my email. So uh, like I said, brother Suave, I, I appreciate you. Like man, you man. it's been, it's been a minute, man. It's been what? Yes, Let's it know. has. No, so I'm saying so I met you, because because you handed me off the anger Report. Yes, yes,
1: positive growth, and you did an outstanding job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still doing an outstanding job. Yes, you are. You are greatness. And so, yeah. thank you so much, um, James. I appreciate you, um, everyone. Um, this has been a mind blowing, thought provoking, eye opening experience with social therapy with Doctor Brother Swaff. Um, just remember, great minds reach great places. I love you. I mean it. Bye bye.
3: What's up everyone? I'm Brandy the Disconnector, wife, show host, entrepreneur, investor, and ICS Certified Life Coach here to tell you that I'm on MPN TV, the network that is by us and for us. Lock in and let's get it.
0: Programs like this are made possible by Neighborhood Planet Broadcasting Systems, Neighborhood Planet Network, iBlister Digital Media Creative, and from contributions to NPN TV from viewers like you. Thank you.
3: Hello, my name is Goma Marie Conde. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and a certified trauma counselor. And I am NPN-TV.
0: This program was made possible by Neighborhood Planet Broadcasting Systems, Neighborhood Planet Network, and from contributions to NPN TV from viewers like you.